Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Expanse Season 2 Episode 9, it's called The Weeping Cerambulist, full spoilers for the episode as always. So this one picked up on a lot of threads that had been left dangling from before the last episode because we kind of ignored all of the Draper, Earth, yeah. like none of those characters even appeared in the last episode. So yeah. we got a lot of that back. We didn't start with that though. We actually started with uh, a nice little twist, actually, because mm. I, I don't know. Did you did you call that it was or not immediately? No. Yeah, because we have what appears to be some Martian sort of uh, soldiers or whatever who are boarding this ship that's going to Ganymede uh, with supplies for the for the refugees and the the second all that sort of stuff, and th- these Martians come on and this couple who are driving this ship. Uh, are kind of hostile and one of them kind of attacks one of them and the helmet comes off and it's holding and yeah. we actually we find out that this is them they're, they're using this ship which is going to give supplies to the, the survivors as a way to get in because we know that they have to go through a blockade of ships between the martians and the un and yeah. everything else so it sets up that really cool it's a nice little twist at the start i wasn't i honestly did not expect it when, it, when the, the helmet comes I was like holding Wait, where were they at the end of the last episode? I've missed something. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then it, it catches you up nicely. Gives, oh yeah, that's no, what you quite... need to know. I really like that they recognised him instantly as well. Mm. And then Amos puts up his visor, he's just like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it must be Amos. I'm surprised Amos just didn't shoot one of them in the spot right there. He's like, well, I've seen our faces now. Why don't you kill them? It, it wouldn't have surprised me that much. Knowing Amos, but... Yeah. Uh, so so they're doing this and they're sneaking on and there's not a whole lot of the, the screen time with them. I mean, they, they do a fair amount, but at the same time, it's very little actual screen time where yeah. they, they go towards Ganymede to discuss the plan with Alex, how he's going to hide and try and come and pick them up after they get onto Ganymede and look for the doctor, look for the scientist. Yes. That's got Ming's daughter. Uh, Strickland, I believe the name was. So they, they come up the plan and all that. Now, the the couple that they've, they've taken the ship over from, they, they keep repeating, like, they're going to let them go as soon as they land. They don't really care about them. There's, there's no mm. ill will, but the couple's not very happy about it, of course, especially the wife. The wife is particularly hostile. Yeah. And they set up this idea that there's this sort of group of thugs that always always take some of their, their stock when they land. They always come on and take 10%. They sort of hustle them, as yeah. it were. And... The that this kind of happens at the end of the episode that the gang are all leaving, you know, our our crew are leaving with Meng, who's with them to try and find people. Uh, which, by the way, Amos actually ends up telling him a lot of the information that he doesn't know, because Meng feels like a prisoner, and he's like, "I'm a prisoner. Like, I should be able to get a response for why I can't send a message." Because he's trying to the, the woman who he cared about who died. He was trying to send a message to her family, t- yes. letting them know that their their daughter, their sister, whatever the relations are, that they died. And that, you know, it's quite a kind of touching little message and that, that was a really powerful scene last episode. Mm. So Amos sort of like being human enough to sort of give that up and give him some information was a nice little touch. And again, it was done in a very, you know, it cut away as soon as he gave the request and it was during the scene when they're all going through through the plan and Meng references the, the protomolecule and Holden's like, wait, how do you know about that? And Amos is like, I told him. It's a nice little reveal that he did do the right thing and told yeah, him. Yeah, and it, it's also something that it's it's doing well compared to a certain other show we watched this week where we know all this information that Amos is telling him. We don't need to hear it all again. Do you know what? I never even thought of that while I was watching because I've I've jettisoned it from my <laughs> mind. But that's correct, yes, yes. We don't have to hear all the information because we already know it. We just need to know that he's been told it. Exactly. 
And, in fact, the fact that Amos gives the information up is also a nice little beat for his character, because mm. he's in this place right now where he's been very unemotive, shall we say. He's, he's been socially yeah. kind of Even more so than normal. So, for him, it's actually a good character beat that he did tell him, so it accomplishes multiple things yeah. in that sense. So, By the end of the episode, these thugs come on board, and Holden and the crew notice they're going on the ship as they're leaving. Uh, presumably they overhear some of the conversation at the like maybe hiding behind the entrance, but they hear that this time they're going to take all of the supplies and they're going to steal their ship, and they figure probably end up killing these two as well. So they they come on board and they 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 shoot these thugs, and the thugs go down. But the thugs were also firing their guns off obviously once the everything went down, and the husband who owned the ship dies. So the already hostile life it gets extremely hostile and demands they get off their ship. Yeah. And what I think cool about this little plot here, this little, because I mean, essentially, the, the main plot is getting to Ganymede and finding the, the the scientist. This this part's really just the the stopgap to get there. Yeah. Because uh, the episode focuses on other things for the most part. But what I like about this is that it, it's this idea of the the casualties of war piling up, particularly for Holden more than anyone else. Mm. Where okay, sure, you could argue that when this couple landed, they'd still have these thugs coming after them, and they probably would have lost all of their stuff. But he can't help but feel, and I think as a viewer we can't help but feel as well, that them interjecting and forcing them to do things their way and interfering in their lives for their goal, as noble as the goal might be, has somehow led to this turn of events. Yeah. The death of this man, this innocent man who doesn't deserve this at all. And the look in Holden's face is he has to walk off that ship. It's actually the moment we end the episode on. If I've got any complaints, it's honestly that it's a really weird place to cut. I was like, well, I didn't feel like the ending. But Yeah, yeah, I know what you meant. But but regardless of that, I like what it does for his character. It's this this constant stripping. I mean, back to the last episode when he has that conversation with Naomi, and he says, "I need you to remind me who I am," because she, this isn't you holding you, you're not a killer, so on and so forth. It, it's like going back to the idea of it's just this, this battle, this fight to end this proto molecule is just stripping away his character, just stripping away his yeah. his soul, if you will. It, it really feels like. The, the story for him going forward will be how far is he willing to go to do the right thing? Who who is he willing to put at risk, and and what will he do? And I think even else, I just I feel like when we get to like a climactic point somewhere down the line, whether it's the end of the show or just a big moment at the end of the season or whatever, I feel like this guilt that this piling guilt of various things, you know, right back to the first episode, he's the one who got the ship blown up because he answered yeah. the distress beacon, and they went out there. So this guilt that's piling up, and it's just sort of like I feel like by the time we get to the end of the show, or we get to the end of his character arc, that's that's me thinking. Oh, maybe he won't survive till the end. Probably will, yeah. but who knows? Readers of the book, no. Well, to an extent, the book's not finished yet. They're still releasing more books, so <laughs> even they don't know entirely. Yeah. But there's just this idea that by the time we get to the end of his character, the the guilt and all the way, I, I feel it piling on as we go, and that's yeah. good writing. It feels like there's going to be a point where he's just going to snap. Like he won't be able to take it anymore. Yeah, so uh, that was that was good stuff. Yeah, but of course, I think the meat of this episode really comes from Earth, and it comes from Draper and the whole uh, Earth Martian uh, meeting summit. Summit, yeah, summit's the word for it, I guess. And I loved everything, even though we could have predicted a lot of this stuff at the start. I loved. Okay, Martians have struggle struggle walking on Earth. They struggle with the sunlight. They have to take meds to. I love their that density even though they like they point out multiple times in this, and we we've known it for a long time. They train in in Earth's one G 
all the time. Like so, they they should be used to it, but still, it's just. But it's also the reality of it. Yeah. yeah, it's still a simulation that they're Draper's not ready for when that when that uh, that door opens that cargo hold door opens, and the the sunlight hits her face. She is not ready for that light. She is never. Yeah, and then even as she's walking out there, she's stumbling. She's yeah. really struggling just to walk. And this is this is a marine, and we've seen what she's capable of. So yeah, you, you really get the impact of of what this does to their bodies. And I've seen how hot-headed she is, how stubborn she is. She even keeps... Because they all wear these like shades, these visor things to help with the sunlight. And she's like, no, I'm not bearing these. I'm, I'm going to do yeah. this out of pride. And yeah. <laughs> she's regretting it immediately. Because later on, she's uh, in, our, in our, our room and the windows are kind of fancy and they, they can turn into like stained glass so they block the light. They can turn into a screen or a mirror. Uh, it's but, really cool. I, I, I just want to put that out there. It's yeah. such a cool thing. But she, she like after she's used the mirror because she's putting on her, her medal that she didn't want to wear because she feels cheated. She feels because we talked about this when the, the whole yeah, lying. She just, she just doesn't deserve it. Is how but she feels. She she says right, uh, go to glass or whatever whatever the phrasing she used was, and it as the sunlight comes in and she's sort of like looking out and it's really difficult and she's squinting her eyes and she's like oh, go back to stained, go back to yeah, yeah. covered. Uh, but you see that. But obviously this is all building up to this summit where they're. Two tables, Earth and Mars, talking about the events of Ganymede. I mean, again, we don't have to see a lot of it because we know we don't need to see all this stuff. Because I think Draper's like number eight in the list of the itinerary. Like we know she's coming later, but we don't see yeah, all this before it. She's the bit that we care about. It's she's our connection, her and and obviously the reactions of people like Vassarala and Out, and seeing how they play yeah. off each other. Outside, of course, of the opening of the the meeting. Which I actually really liked. It did a lot of little things that really told you how they communicate with each other and how, just the awkward tension in the room. Yeah. They they make a point of saying, "Oh, we should have a moment of silence for the people who lost their lives on Ganymede." And they actually bicker for a little bit. And then someone says, "No, we should still have the moment of silence." And then they all have the they all put their heads down. Moment of silence, as you typically would do. And it lasts about five seconds before Erin Wright goes, right, first thing on the agenda. And Avasarala looks surprised. Like she, her head goes up. It's like, really? That quick? And it's it, it it's just this little thing about Erin Wright and just showing the, the inhumanity in him. Yeah, how... it's just, he's so callous. And it shows that Avasarala, like, she's this shrewd negotiator, obviously, and she's there to get the best deal that she can. But she is still only a good person, has that respect that she she is shocked by how quickly that, that he treated this, this event. And it's also, I think it's in the same scene, it may have been later, but it was one of these scenes with the, the tables, where Vassarala brings up Mars, and she brings up the ambassador who got killed in season one. Yeah. And it cuts to Erin Wright, and Erin Wright's reaction as she mentions him, and how, because mm. she's talking about how he wanted to retire in Mars because he thought it was beautiful, and it cuts to Erin Wright, because we know that Erin Wright was involved in this, he, he's, his hands are red in this yeah. sense. And we, we see his just reaction, he's just this little awkward, like, you know, eyes go down, he can't look at anyone. Yeah, as she says, it's just great little touch, great little moment. I think that's that's ultimately what I love most about this episode. Uh, most of it, the majority of the episode is is these summit scenes, and every single bit of it is just watching people's reactions, and it's utterly engrossing. Because we know when they're lying, for the most part, yeah. we 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 in on when they're lying, and we know what the bullshit is. So it's watching if the other people buy the bullshit or not. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, you can see who's picking up on on the reality of of each thing. And of course, we speculated what back when Draper was asked to first do this and tell this story, this fabricated story, and not mention the seventh man, not mention the the third party that was being fired at. Mm. We we speculated, is she going to go off script in the meeting? And I was kind of waiting for it to happen, and she didn't. She she sort of hesitated a little bit, and she didn't, and she stuck the landing, and she said what it was. 
But then the camera went straight to Vasarala, and I'm like, she, she knows. knows. Yeah. She knows she's holding Just back. Just the, the look that she's giving. And then you see her as, as Draper's leaving, she kind of leans back in a chair and looks around at her. It's like, she knows mm. something wasn't right about that. And I think I, th- I think that's a good sign of character work where all it does is go to a shot of her, and I and I'm like, oh, she 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 like, and it's <laughs> yeah. I I get it I get it immediately because they've built these characters up so well they've built her up so well. Which by the way, uh, later on when she, she they finish all the talks and they, they agree to terms, and she says, I want to speak to Draper again, bring her back. I've got some questions, and it's when she's there again and she's sitting there, and she's asking all these questions about oh it was because because one of the things that uh, upsets Draper is they pin everything on one of the Martian soldiers who was the Earthborn. Because remember we've seen when yeah. they were all together, he was getting picked on a little bit for not being a true Martian. And they, they pin it all on him and say, oh, he was trying to prove he was a true Martian, so he opened fire first. And Draper's not happy about this. We see her screaming about it in the room with their superior. Yeah, and, and that leads to one of my favourite scenes as well, where they're like, look, he's the perfect... Where the Martians are like, yeah, he, Earth will buy it, because it's like, well, it's kind of a, an even ground. Yeah, because we're accepting responsibility... But we get to not completely throw ourselves yeah, under the yeah. bus. So we're saying, like, "Oh, this is perfect," and then it cuts to like a Vassarala going, "This is a, this is too perfect to scapegoat." Like immediately, yeah. just knows exactly what they're doing. Yeah, this, this is bullshit. And Erin Wright knows it as well. But Erin Wright's like, "No, I don't look a gift horse in the mouth," and she's like, "I never like that 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 metaphor, yeah. that joke." Uh, but but again, I can see. I mean, obviously, we know he's seedy and he's up to evil you know no good intentions as the Vassaral is aware as her henchman's aware who points out you know he's not going to tell you shit from venus because he's withholding all the information and we'll get to the venus stuff in a bit but so so they're having this second scene with draper in in the room and the Vassaral is asking about i think it's davis was the name uh of the other soldier and she's asking all these questions you know jubilee was he a good soldier was he loyal did he train with you all all these things and eventually, like, one of the people from the Mar- the Mars side of the table go, wait, what, what was the point of this question? Where, where are you going with this? Where are you going with this? And she yeah. just turns around and goes, wherever the F I want to go with this. <laughs> and she snaps so much, I was like almost cheering. She, she just yeah. put him down. It was so good. And what what's so great about this is you're not that there is no right side in this debate. Sure, Mars are lying, but it's kind of ultimately for a good cause. Oh, yeah, because they're trying to stop war. You can exactly. play so to the side. They're, they're both working towards a good goal. But you still can't help but root for Vassarala when she pulls out that line. Oh yeah, you really do. And she keeps asking questions, and Draper gets like sort of emotional, and she starts to slip, and she starts to talk about, oh no, we didn't fire on them; they were firing at something else. He wasn't wearing a vac suit. Like she says that line, and both of Vassarala and Ermite sort of lean in because they hear those words, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Wait a minute, that this is yeah. that was something," and but it's it's all in a fluster, and then. Mar- the, they ask her again, they ask her to clarify, was it this soldier's fault? And she sort of, and this is kind of, again, a character thing for her, where I'm I'm convinced that now she's been prodded and asked, she's going to want to give up the truth. She wants to do it. And I think she still does want to, but she fights but it. She's, she's too good a soldier, isn't she? Yeah, she fights it and reaffirms the lie. She says, no, this was his fault. And she she slipped the first time there and and she regrets it even though she wants that to be public knowledge and it, maybe that's why she slipped it, you know like it was subconsciously she wanted them to know but ultimately she can't bring herself to disobey direct orders and she even even throws like her, her friend almost Davis under the bus yeah. even though we've seen her argue about that that was completely unnecessary oh yeah uh, I th- I think. Ultimately, this is even more of an interesting development for her character, 
rather than just her. Don't worry, I was looking forward to her going off script and just saying, and I thought that'd be interesting. But this is almost more interesting because it mm. it puts her in this weird place where she's still loyal, even against all this bullshit, and she doesn't agree with this, but she believes in the cause, and it, it, it gives her character even more depth that wasn't there before. Yeah. Uh, so that's great stuff. Uh, it's great, but obviously Vassarala heard that line, and she she still knows about it. Yeah. Which leads me to the Venus stuff because she references it when she gets the message from her, her scientist on board the ship that's going to Venus, and they, they, they I mean, the stuff on the, the ship is mainly her guy and the the, the other the, the soldier guy. I don't need to remember some of these names for next time, but yeah. they they're uh, debating because he he's. You know, the, he's uh, the UN guy's adamant. No, this is a Mars weapon. This is they're doing. There is no other life. You know, you're being a skilled child with these stupid dreams, and it's, it's that debate. It's that back and forth throughout yeah. most of the episode. But ultimately, they discover on on Venus where where Eros landed. Not only is there a crater that's really deep, like it's not just like a, you know, you, you expect like you know if a rock or a, an asteroid or something hits a planet, you expect a certain yeah. say like crater. This was like a really long, deep crater. Yes. The more interesting, so that uh, you know, almost looks like it's burrowed into the earth. It's the way it got so much narrower as it went yeah. down as well. It was like that's too narrow for what it this should look like. And then the other, the other, obviously, thing that they mentioned, that she, and she mentions this to Vassarellis as the message it sends, is that there's bioorganic material in the the sort of the above it, the sort of the the, the atmosphere right above this hole yeah. coming from Eros. And there shouldn't be life here because, as he points out, this is Venus and the atmosphere can melt lead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. There's, there's some life down there on Venus, so I'm looking forward to them exploring. What a surprise. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I we knew it wasn't just going to be cut and dry. That's it. Yeah. Eros, protomolecule, done with. Like, it's down there. Yeah, it's yeah, living. It's, it's doing stuff. I, 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 but, I'm no, just... but now someone else knows it, too. This is true. This is true. So no, uh, so that was pretty much it. That that was all the main the main plots. It was very, th- those summit scenes were very engrossing and very edgier seat. And I think yeah. that's it's one thing for the action to be really good, and the action is really good in this show. But it's another thing when two people at a table can be exciting. And I think that they achieved that in this episode. So definitely, it was every moment of it. It was just like what's going to happen. You you were you were more unsure of where it was going than you are in most of the action scenes. Yeah. Yeah, and we've left in this weird place where they're, they're okay. They're going to help maintain peace. They've accomplished essentially what the obvious thing they wanted to achieve, but we knew because Trapper was this wild card that we were expecting a, a wrench, and the wrench didn't happen. At least not to the extent we expected it. But yeah, it, it's just, just enough to set them on the path. Yeah, but it's it's left Trapper in a really interesting place, and it's left the Vassarella with knowledge to pursue more stuff mm. and. Yeah, that's no, exciting. Obviously, next episode we'll be hunting for the the scientists with uh, Holden and the crew on Ganymede, and of course Alex is just waiting behind the rock, uh, waiting behind the moon on yeah. Jupiter. Uh, he seems wait. to be having fun by himself there, though. He does. He's, yeah, he seems to be good. By the way, I love that he gave Amos and a lasagna before he left because it, <laughs> you're going to be gone for you know a day or whatever. Here's here's lasagna. I've put my best effort into this one, and it's like they have a really cool relationship. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like Alex has learned that he has to kind of take care of uh, Amos, and it's it's I don't mm. know it's, it's fostered this cool little weird big brother little brother. 
It has. And and what's really nice about it is it swaps on who's the big brother depending on the occasion. Oh yeah, if, if violence is needed, then Amos is the big brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, I love how he's like, yeah, good good luck, Amos, here's a lasagna. Oh, you too, Ming. It's good stuff. But yeah, oh, actually, that's a good point. When they're uh, all discussing and they're talking about, all right, let's go after, we'll find your daughter, and he's like, no, you're after the protomolecule. They do bring up the question, what, what is this this neural, this disease? This yeah. this disease, what does it have to do with the protomolecule? Why does he care about children with this disease? Yeah. I'm asking it's... for an answer, Connor. Give me an answer. What? You, you... <laughs> Ask, answer, go on, tell me. Well... <laughs> okay, that that is the that is the definition of just shitting on stage. <laughs> well, that was a that was a deer in the headlights. You were terrified. I was. There. I just completely blanked for a second. You threw me off guard. <laughs> there is no answer, Connor. I was just I was having fun. That's what I was thinking, yeah, but then I was like, there wasn't one, and then and then I was blanking. Well, no, we're specu- like... I'm, I'm asking for speculation, is what I'm right, asking. Right. Okay. I, I don't know. But you look scared and hiccuped instead. I did hiccup, but that does not know, is it? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, I wonder, does the protomolecule work like this disease or something? Or does the disease make... Or the people with this disease, are they immune because the protomolecule will only go after healthy subjects or something like that? Or Could be. Maybe it's something to do with controlling it. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. do, do, we, do we know what this disease does? Uh, he, he mentioned that he said a lot of very scientific words very quickly when he described that, that's it. That's what I mean. It's like I didn't but, really get the gist of what it actually was. But it started, I believe, with a spinal infection when she was born. Is uh, I caught the wind right. of that. So, uh, I don't know. I mean... And apparently, she only survived because this moon uh, on Jupiter Ganymede has this specific type of gravitational pull in atmosphere that yeah uh, just... helps her. I'm wondering if he's studying as to whether this sort of this gravitational thing will impact the product molecule like if it'll help it maybe maybe uh, what i think is interesting about that though is that it kind of makes you even more sympathetic towards ganymede like all these people who have died in this ganymede attack he, he lets you know that a lot of people come here for its properties for its unique gravitational properties which helps with uh diseases and it makes you go yeah. wait so are all are like half the people who died down there all like injured people with diseases this is yeah even and sicker. It, it makes me wonder if the, the the one without the vac suit was something to do with this as well but is it specific to Ganymede that, that that it was like that? Is it just protomoleculeness, or is it something about Ganymede allows it to be like that? I don't there? know. I don't know if it's about Ganymede that that it's like that necessarily. What I th- what I'm maybe going to speculate is that this thing, this person without a vaccine, maybe it didn't come from somewhere. Maybe it was a result of experiments that the scientist dude is doing on Ganymede, and that's the cause of everything that happened in Ganymede. Yeah, that could be it. Uh, maybe he was experimenting with a patient who had a disease with protomolecule and it created this person, this, this yeah. thing, this being. Yeah. Maybe he's just thinking the protomolecule could be a way to cure this disease. Maybe it's ultimately something to do with that. Where Sure, but that sounds a bit more noble. When we, know, we can tell that he knew that the attack was coming. Well, yeah, but maybe he's like, you know, uh, make, make the most of it, allow the attack to happen. Which and... actually, wait a minute, if you knew an attack was coming, that would imply it was less of a random, the thing just went wrong and happened, and more of a predetermined thing that he's put in motion, perhaps. Yeah, so he's studying it, but for what end? I don't know. Some evil, probably. 
I mean, probably. Actually, no. But this show is probably something good because that'll be conflicting and it'll make us want to side with them even though we shouldn't. Because that, That's why I was saying that maybe he was trying to cure. It's like That seems like it's the sort of thing this show would do. It'd be really interesting to go to, to have him do this horrific thing for a, an ultimately noble cause, but it's it, does the end justify the means? Does it Which is what this show does quite a bit. So the same thing with Holden and the crew and this guy dying on their, on their path. Exactly. Does it feels very thematic with this episode in particular. Yeah. So there you go. And does the ends of avoiding war justify lying about this soldier's life on Earth? There you go. Exactly. That's all, all three plots all tied in neatly. That wrapped up quite nicely, didn't it? We're geniuses. <laughs> genius eye. We're probably wrong, but... <laughs> well, now you just ruined it. You can't question the plural of genius. <laughs> that was the joke. I, I did that I'm, intentionally. I assume it would be genie. I'm pretty sure it's just geniuses. I mean, maybe, but that seems boring. There you go, guys. That's the Expanse, episode nine, season two. There is three more left. No, four more left. So I do apologise. Four more. Four more. Uh, panic stations there. Four more left. But probably three more weeks because they probably they'll probably double up the last two like they did the, the start of the season and last season. Yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? But uh, now let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. It helps us out a lot. Get us on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. Individual twitters are on the screen for everyday ramblings. That's us, guys. Thanks for watching. Have you got any vanilla?